You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. What does return on God's investment look like? Malachi 3 and 7, in the context of Malachi 3, he, he mentions the tithe, but the whole scripture and book of Malachi wasn't about the tithe. It was about not respecting him. It was about not honoring him and not, about not putting him first. And he uses the tithe as an example to show that they didn't respect him. He said, you know what I required of you. You know what I said, but you don't put weight on what I say. That's the whole context of it. You know, we, we, we try to beat folks over with the tide about, about, you know, you're cursed with a curse. The, the point was, God said, I want respect. I want honor. And I've blessed you too much for you to disrespect me. I've blessed you too much for you to dishonor me. So he says in Malachi 3 and 7, he says, even from the days of your father, You've gone away from my ordinances, from my principles, and you have not kept them. And then he says, I want to return. Return to me. Return unto me, and I'll return unto you. He said, we can keep this thing going. We can keep this thing going. If you return to me, I'll return to you. If you return to me, I'll return to you. If you give, it's going to be given. If you return to me, I'll return to you, saith the Lord. But you said, now how, when, how, how shall we, ret- we return? And then God started talking about the disrespect. How, rather than bringing him their best, and they were supposed to bring in, supposed to bring sacrifice, he said, he said you're bringing me the cross-eyed sheep. You're bringing me the, the, the three-legged goat. <laughs> you give me the black sheep. Black sheep were exceptional. The ones that didn't have high value, that nobody wanted, didn't produce much. He said, you're giving me the rejects. I said, you're dishonoring me. He said, you need to return to me. So how do we return to God? Several things. Number one, honor. With all that God has done for us, God wants honor. Just like a parent wants honor, come on now, God wants honor. Parents, we don't deserve more than God. Your kids talk to you a certain way. You say, no, you, you don't talk to me like that. Now, you, I, I know you cuss, and you may even learn cussing from me, but you don't cuss at me. Just be honest, parents. You learn how to cuss from me, but you can't cuss at me. Okay. Here's a black mama phrase. Here we go. I'm not one of your little friends. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm not one of your little friends. When you hear black mama say that, she said, okay, you need to understand, you're disrespecting me. You can't treat me like one of your little friends. Oh my, do we treat God like one of our little friends? God said, I want honor. Malachi 1 and 6, I told you Malachi wasn't just about the tithe, he was talking about respect and returning to him. Malachi 1 and 6, he said, the son honors his father. And a servant honors his master, but if I'm a father, where's my honor? So what, what am I, a chop liver? 
And if I'm a master, where's my reverence? You go on here, yes, sir. Yes, sir, to everybody else. I said, where's the yes, sir, to me? Yes, ma'am. One thing I had to learn, I had to learn when I came south, because it's a little different up north, okay? Up north, we, we, didn't, we didn't refer to ma'am and sir the way y'all do down here. It really took me off guard. Because when I became a pastor, you know, people older than me, they would dress me and I would say something. They'd say, yes, sir. Why you being my mama? Why are you saying yes, sir? But it's a southern thing. It's something you respect a certain position. And you say, sir and madam, uh, or ma'am, okay? Up, you know, uh, up north, if, 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 if my mother called me and I said, yes, now, that was sufficient. What y'all say? They say, yes, what? You want a ma'am after that, yes. Am I right? <laughs> okay. That, some of y'all don't know, that's Southern culture. As, as a matter of fact, I, I mean, I, I, we, 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 we went, when I came here, our children were going to Harbin West, Harbinson West Elementary School, and we were, I was going up there like, a, like Miss Seeley off the wall. Because my children were getting in trouble because they weren't saying yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. I'm saying, what, what? You know, I thought, I really, I didn't understand. I was new here. I, I thought it was a racial thing. I thought you try to make you try to make me like slavery's over. Jim Crow is over. Not tell how to say no yes sir. And then I realized, and, and they, they really explained to me. They said all of our children are taught to say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. I'm like, all right. <laughs> don't, don't make me have to turn this place out and call out Sharpton. <laughs> So we understand what honor is? We understand what we demand of honor? Do we give God that honor? Okay? God said, if I'm a master, where's my reference? Says the Lord of hosts to the priests who despise my name. He's talking to people in ministry. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? He goes explaining to them about the honor. That verse from the Living Translation, the last, the middle part says, if I'm your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? Honor. And so I mentioned finances earlier, the tithe, the offering, or, or returning to God, how he's blessed us. Well, the principle is also there. I mentioned it earlier, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. One of the ways we honor the Lord is, is with our finances, is with our money, is with our possession. Proverbs 3 and 9, it says, honor the Lord with what? with your substance or your possessions and with the first fruits of some of your increase, of all your increase. And he said, and on top of that, I'll put a promise with it, verse 10. Verse, so your bonds will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So one of the ways we honor God is to, is, is to return unto him based upon how he's blessed us. That's why the New Testament scripture says, he says that everyone give according as God has prospered him. Honor. If my children on, at Christmas give me a, 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 God forbid, and they go in together with it, all four of them, they go in together, and they give me this pretty box, and I open up the box, and it's a bag of cheese doodles. <laughs> well, Dad, we know you like cheese doodles, so we all went in. Now, if my grandchildren do that, Y'all with me? Oh, that's so cute. They were so thoughtful because they don't have jobs. 
Are you with me? That's cute, because they don't have jobs, and I have not paid for their college education. But if my four children who I've taken care of and, and start them off good, go to get and tell them, we're going to give you some cheese doodles, because we know you like cheese doodles. You about to make me cuss for the first time in many years. So honor's relative, am I right? Honor is relative based upon how God has blessed you and how he's prospered you. So God wants us to honor him. Second, God wants return on investment. God wants glory. Don't get ever so full of pride. Smelling yourself. Think you all that. I, I, this is random. This, this is random. But I got to mention, we were watching TV last and saw this commercial advertising something called Skunky. They said it's, it's a shower in a, a, a shower wipe. Said when you can't shower, you skunky. You need to shower. I, I don't know why I'm just, this is, it's, it just, I just want to make sure the folks are the right direction though. Don't come up here talking about I use a skunky today. And I'm, I'm, we, we ain't making this up, but, and, and I heard Pastor Master say that. I, I thought she came with an advertising slogan for him, but she was reading it right on the TV. It said, it said if you're funky, you skunky. <laughs> and have people talking about, talking about, you know, sometimes I work out and I can't get home and shower, so I just use a skunky. You still funky. <laughs> I'm sorry, this had nothing to do with the message. You know, Paul would preach and say, this I say and not the Lord. <laughs> so second thing, God wants glory. Don't ever think you are all that, that you stop giving God glory. And, and you got to be careful. A woman named Gail Edwards, who was attending our church when we first started our church. And Perry's knew them and some other people. I didn't. She gave me early on and... Uh, she came and gave me, she, and she came with me in the right attitude, you know, because sometimes people don't know how to approach the pastor when you got a word. You know, somebody, somebody came to me one time, they waited online, and I was preaching that Sunday, and I said something about you got to see the, some of us are pessimists, and we always see the glass half, half empty, you got to learn to see the glass half full. The woman waited online. She waited online, and she came up to me, she said, the Lord told me to tell you, don't you ever say the glass is half full is half full. David said, my cup runneth over. And the Lord told me, tell you, don't you? I said, Lord, I'm tell you something. She said, huh? And she was emphatic. In that revelation, my cup runneth over. I said, the Lord didn't tell you to tell me that. And if he did tell you to tell me that, he didn't tell you to tell me it like that. You better back up off this bishop. And really, I told her, I said, the Lord didn't tell you to tell me that. I said, now, that's a good point. I'll use it. I said, the Lord didn't tell you to tell me that. Okay. You out of order. Okay. But this sister came to me. She said, she said, the Lord told me to give you a word. We had just started. We were less than a year old. She said, the Lord told me he's really going to bless you and bless right direction, bless this ministry. Again, 20 people, 30 people. She said, the Lord told me to tell you this. If you don't get moved by the praise, then you won't get moved by the criticism because you're going to get a lot of both. That stuck with me. She said, don't get moved by the praise. 
then you won't get moved by the criticism. And over the years, I've had my share of both. Had a lot of criticism. People lie, say all kinds of stuff. People talking about steal your money, steal members. How many of y'all members I steal? Kidnap, put you in my car and said, you're going the right direction from now on. <laughs> what is that, stealing members? What, what is that? Okay. I've, I've had my share of both. But all, and I've had, I've had, my, had my share of praise. I've had, I've had my share of praise where people say to me stuff like, nobody else preaching the word in this city but you. Now, if I got moved by that, I would really start to believe that. Nobody is as anointed as you and Pastor Marsha. If I got moved by praise, I would get my head. I, I, I would need four adjectives. One for the left side of my head, one for the right, one for the front, and we all be walking like this. Some of y'all, you get moved by too much praise. And you got to learn to balance the praise with the criticism. Because everybody, or, or the criticism, or the negative stuff, or the constructive criticism, because some, sometimes you, you do need to change. I told y'all for years, people said to me, people said to me, you, uh, they say I was aloof, and I walked by people without speaking to them. Okay. And I, I always say, I, I ain't a loop. I don't walk by people without speaking to them. I, I never saw them. Well, that's why I was walking by them without speaking to them, because I never saw them. Rather than me stop and think, well, why, why are they thinking that? Because I'm so focused, I wasn't focusing on people. And I was around people who did the same thing, other preachers. And I realized after not seeing that, that's what I was doing. Sometimes you need to just stop and say, God, is that me? Sometimes we're so full of pride because we got too much glory. Oh, y'all quiet on me here. What's glory? Glory is respect, credit, and value. God wants all the respect. He wants all the credit. He wants the value. Psalm 29, 1 and 2. It says, give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord, the, the, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. I know you are you, you, you one of the divine nine, but give unto the Lord the glory due his name. I know you went to an HBCU, but give unto the Lord the glory due his name. I know you graduated at the top of your class, but give unto the Lord the glory due his name. I know you had great parents, but give unto the Lord the glory due his name. I know you never did this and never did that, and you, did, and you, and you crossed your teeth and dotted your eyes, but give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Glory, honor, abundance, riches, splendor, dignity, reputation, and reverence. Give all that to God. And don't think that you're all that in a bag of chips. And you may be a bag of chips, but you ain't a can of barbecue Pringles. <laughs> and there is a difference. You better ask somebody. Number three, God wants praise. You hear us, you know, you hear us talk about praise all the time here, but some of y'all understand there's power in praise. Some things you can get just by praising God. 
Come on. There's something you, you, don't, even, you don't even have to ask for. You ain't going to have to fast for. You just praise him for it. Something will be released. If you would just learn to stop thinking about other people and stop thinking about yourself and what you look like, what other people, I'm going to go ahead and give God praise. And we all praise God that some people run when they pray. Some people jump when they pray. Some people scream when they pray. Some people spin when they pray. Some people quicken when they pray. Some people have a fit when they praise. However you praise, but you need to give God some praise. Look at your name and say, give God praise. And let me say this. Praise is not silent. There is no such thing as a silent praiser. Praise is not silent. The dead praise not God, neither those that go down in silence. There's no such thing as a silent praiser. We even use praise for, for people, for men. Okay, you know, which means to compliment them or to speak highly of them. Well, you got to speak it, right? You're not even giving praise to people if you don't verbalize it. And that's for all you silent praises. I just, I praise in my own way. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not praising. You're religious. You're people conscious. But you're not a praiser. Praise is not silent. Praise is not is, is verbal, not mental. Psalm 116, 12 through 14, again, what am I going to return unto God? What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I'm going to take up the cup of salvation. I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going to pay my vows. We see the honor there again. To the Lord, now in the presence of his people. That verse from New Living Translation, Psalm 116, 12 through 14, what can I offer the Lord for all he's done for me? What can I offer God for all he's done for me? I'm going to lift up the cup of salvation and do what? And praise the Lord's name for saving me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Come on, do you ever, I know you, I know you don't have the car you want right now. I know you don't drive in the way you want that. And I know you have not traveled every place you want to travel. And, and I know you want a house with more square footage. And, 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 and I know you want a promotion. And I know you want a certain level of income. But if you ever stopped to put all that aside and just say, God, I thank you for saving me. Oh, where would I be? If you did not save me, I wasn't fit to live. I wasn't ready to die. I was sinking faster than the Titanic, but love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. And I just want to take some time and thank you for saving me. Every time I see somebody who dies and didn't know the Lord, I say, God, thank you for saving me. When I look over my family members, I say, God, I thank you for saving me. When I see how other people are living, I say, God, I thank you for saving me. Somebody thank God for saving you. Hallelujah. That's not a light thing. Everything else that I'm talking about, all the benefits I'm talking about, prosperity, healing, all that is a byproduct of God saving you. Then the Bible also says to return to the Lord, we should show forth the praises. 
So we speak the praises, but we show forth the praises through our life and our lifestyle. First Peter 2 and 9 reminds us we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are God's special people that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So that also tells me that you ought to let somebody know what Jesus did for you. Come on now. There was, there was a time when I got saved, especially as an as a adolescent, and I got in the, in the 70s, everybody was, we were required to witness. Mother Betty, you used to teach us that the first thing you do after you get saved is to go tell somebody because that seals it to the devil. <laughs> All you silently converted people. If you're saved and you know it, tell somebody. There's some of you today, you're going to get saved today. And your, your job is when you leave here, go tell mama. Tell your friends, I got saved in the right direction. Tell somebody tomorrow, I just want to let you know I got saved. Because see, if the devil can keep you from saying it, because you got to confess, not just believe it, you got to confess it with your mouth. Somebody say, I'm saved. I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. <laughs> So we were taught that as part of discipleship. Soon as you get saved, tell somebody. Witness to somebody. We should proclaim the praise of him who calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light. The New Living Translation of that verse says, you are not like that. You're not like those folks, those other people. For you are chosen people. You are royal priests. You are holy nature. You are God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Into his marvelous light. Part of your return on God's investment, tell others about me. Live in a way that other people want to know what you know. We know the story, what was it? In John the fourth chapter, Jesus needs to go through, go, go through Samaria. And he meets there a woman at the well. And he has this conversation with her, which she finds, you know, she, she used to men hitting on her. And when, and when, and when Jesus said, uh, can you give me a drink? She looked at him and said, you know you don't have nothing to drink to draw with. Jesus said, no, this, this ain't that kind of party. I ain't trying to hit up on you, okay? I ain't trying to shout at you. How they say it now? What else to say? I, holler. Thank you. <laughs> boy, I, boy, I sound old now, huh? I ain't trying <laughs> to... Now, that's funny. I'm not trying to holler. And then he has a spiritual conversation with her. And he tells her that he's the living water. She understands he's the Messiah. She gets so excited, forget what she came there for, left a water pot, run back into the city and said, come see a man who has told me what, what everything I've ever done. Is not this the Messiah? And that one woman who had six husbands and was shacking up with a man now she wasn't married to. She went and told everybody about Jesus and changed our whole city. And there was great joy in that city. And those people came also to Jesus. They want to hear him and see him for themselves. And then they go on to say, they say, and now we believe not because of your word, but we have a personal experience with him. And we know and we believe this is the son of God. Come on now. You ought to be so converted and so convinced that somebody said, let me check this Jesus out for myself. 
I know you said he's your healer, but let me see if he's going to heal me too. I know you said he delivered you, but I want him to deliver me too. We are, there, there's a, something I've been meditating on. There's, and I looked it up. There's several places in the scripture, at least three places, where it says provoke to jealousy. We, we, our lives should provoke the unbeliever to jealousy. I'm jealous of your smile. I'm jealous of your joy. I'm jealous of your peace. I'm jealous of your marriage. I'm jealous of your family. I'm jealous of your prosperity. What can I do? And then you let them know there's no secret, come on, to what God can do. What he did for me, he'll do for you. If you confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you also can be saved. And now somebody else can get jealous of you. Oh, I'm preaching here this morning. God wants to return. Fourthly, God wants, you, God wants us to shine. Look at your neighbor and say, shine. He wants you to shine bright in a world of darkness. Now, I got to take my time here for a moment. He wants us to shine light in a world of darkness. Because see, today, we got all these, we got these, all these incognito Christians. <laughs> I know the word incognito, but since most of y'all understand what I'm talking about up in here, y'all, many of y'all, y'all incognito Christians. Nobody know you saved but you. And God didn't save you to be undercover. God did not, you can't change people being undercover. You got to show forth the praises. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, he said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Where are exit signs in this church? Where are exit signs? If you look around here, immediately your eyes are drawn to exit signs. They are deliberate and intentional. I, I, I didn't know un, un, until we built this that, that, that they allow green. Y'all know usually they're always red, okay? But I can assure you, this is cold. Everything's cold, right? Okay, but immediately you see, and they are lit up. As a matter of fact, it's against cold if they're not lit up. They want folks to immediately see how to get out of here. And most of y'all black, you done figured it out already. <laughs> black folk, when we walk in a room, we like. <laughs> we all, exercise or exercise. I know how to get up out of here. Especially a black man. I know you women don't understand. I think Pastor Marcy, she has caught on now. You know, when we go to eat, we're special. And she, she was, I said, you in my seat. He said, well, what's wrong? Well, I'm saying, I, no, I need to see the door. Okay. One time, my best friend, we was up in Chapin, in country Chapin. And I sat in the wrong seat. And there was some stuff going on behind us, and, and she up there going. I said, what? She said, don't turn around. I said, what you mean, don't turn around? They was, these, a couple good old boys was up there in Chapin talking about, come on, Bubba, I got something for you. Come on, I got something for you. She said, and she, and she said, whoa. I said, what? She said, don't turn around. Because she was in my seat. If I saw that, we would already been gone. I would have knew something. Come on. I would have knew something. Get ready to go down before it went down. And y'all know, come on. Y'all know how we go. No. Oh, it's time to go. Ain't nothing happened yet. It's just the, the temperature going up in the room. <laughs> we got that left here. <laughs> just like those lights shine bright, that's how we're supposed to be in the world, y'all. 
No, I'm very serious about that. When folks interact with us, and, and, and I'm, I'm going beyond where I came when I got saved, where everybody's supposed to look, look saved. I don't even know what that means. I, m- most of y'all, I don't want you to look saved. Look and save is boring. Look and save look like you're depressed. So don't, don't y'all try to look safe too much. You know, you can be a tragic, but y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, people thought, you know, they, they thought that, um, uh, anyway, let me move on. Okay, okay. Let me move on. I'm, I'm getting triggered by, the, by those congregations. Okay. But God wants us to be bright. They should, when folks get to see us, they should know something different about us. And they get to know us. Our attitude, our disposition, the way we talk or the way we don't talk. Matthew 5, 14 through 60, you're the light of the world. We're a city. We're set on a hill. We can't be hid. And, and you don't take a lamp and put it under a basket or under the bed or uh, but you put on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. He says, so let you, and you don't have to make it shine. If you would just be who you are, let your light shine before men and they're going to see your good works and they're going to do what? They're going to glorify your father. That's part of, our, of the return on investment he's placed in us. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash RDCITV. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.